So I was just reminded just now, my, my first congregation I served in, we had a pulpit that was kind of high behind the altar, and it had this secret door um, to find how to get up into it. And remember my first time preaching there, I had to search to figure out how to get up there. Um, I found it here, so praise God. <laughs> what, what a joy it is uh, to be with you today, and what an honor uh, to be able to share God's word with you on this beautiful day in Arcadia. And I'm just curious, how many of you are from out of town? This is not your home congregation, yet we are taking over, aren't we? Uh, well, praise God for a chance to worship together, and thank you for uh, Trinity for opening your doors as brothers and sisters. We share in what God has to say to us today, and um, I want to just read a, a little bit of a, a verse that we've already read, and we've heard of just that theme today of, of following Jesus and a God who gives us the calling as well as uh, the power and the strength and the promise uh, to follow. But it's not easy, is it? And, and to that, kind of within that, is this little reminder from the Apostle Paul who writes by the Spirit. He says this in Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. He says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, them, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And then he goes on, verse 13, he says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And again, that reminder, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. I mean, it's kind of like one of those, well, duh. I mean... For freedom, Christ has set us free. That makes total sense. I mean, why would you, if God's given you freedom, why would you go a different way? Craziest thing happened in 1829. A man by the name of James Porter, another man by the name of George Wilson, they did a ridiculous thing. They held up a U.S. mail carrier train and uh, subsequently were captured uh, and arrested and tried and found guilty on six different charges. One of them was, of course, the robbery charge, as well as threatening the life of the, uh, the pilot of the train, the engineer. And then they received their sentence. Uh, they would be executed. And you might say, whoa, that seems pretty severe. Well, that was what the court decided. They would be put to death, hung for their crimes. And then it happened on July 2nd in 1830, James Porter lost his life. He was executed for the crime. But because George Wilson had these, uh, just these friends that were influential apparently, and they were going against the government to say, come on, give this man some mercy, give him some grace. And, and they, it went all the way to, uh, to the president at the time. And Andrew Jackson actually gave George Wilson, a pardon for his crimes. That's pretty special, pretty amazing, pretty amazing opportunity to go free, right? Except for one thing, George Wilson refused it. This had never happened before that a presidential pardon had been given to somebody who was rightly accused of a crime, had been pardoned of it, and then refused the pardon. So what do you do with that? This case actually went all the way to the Supreme Court where it was declared that a presidential pardon could not be 
forced on someone that must be received. And for the first time in history, and as far as I know, the last time in history, a pardon was given for someone to go free, and it was refused. He was executed some months later. Now think about that. Can you imagine somebody refusing to be pardoned where they could take this, this crime that they are guilty as charged of and walk away and instead, no, 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 I, I don't want to pardon. Why would anybody do that? I'd like to suggest it happens all the time. Paul would even suggest it as he did in the reading. He says, why would we as free people, people who have been declared loved, forgiven, and set free in Jesus, why would we then choose a life of slavery, bondage, and imprisonment? Why? Oh, I know what you're thinking. You're like, yeah, that's what other people do, not me. I, I, I walk a straight path. I got my life figured out. I have everything under control. Yeah, that's, see, that's a problem. <laughs> because as soon as you think your life is under control, that's one of those sins of pride and, and a bunch of other lists that God's word gets into where if we think we've got it under control or if you think you, you're white knuckling your way through life, I'm going to be a, try to be a really good person and try to avoid all those really ugly sins that, that people talk about and say, well, I'm not going to be one of those people and at least I'm not like that. But then we look in the mirror and realize we are guilty as charged. Paul does us a favor. He, he lists this rough list of what it looks like to live in slavery. It says they're acts of the flesh. It says it's obvious you know, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, which, by the way, idolatry can be anything that misplaces our meditation on something that's not God. It can be our yacht, our, our boat. I, I don't lose any sleep over our yacht. Of course, we don't have one, but... Um, <laughs> I would even dare say it could even be our family. If, if our kids are the center of our worship, or our jobs, or our desire, can't wait for retirement, or what we're going to do next in that big trip, or the list goes on. Paul goes from there, he says, you know, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Oh, that one hurts. <laughs> Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like, addictions, start inserting in the blank what our ways of going the opposite path of freedom can look like. The question is, what do we do with that? We can deny it. We can pretend it doesn't exist. I, and that's kind of what the people Jesus preached to like to do. Jesus was talking about, you know, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And they were... They were actually, actually offended by that. They said, we've never been slaves to anyone. How dare you tell us that we could be free? And how short their memory was, these same people who in their history had spent over 430 years in slavery, and yet they say, oh, we've never been slaves? Come on. And Jesus gives this greater pardon than a presidential one. It's a godly one. It says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Back in the, the gold rush years, there was a, a man who heard about this living in Europe and England. He, he made his way to go and seek his fortune by seeking gold in, in the hills of California. And after a long journey, he went and went to work. And, and lo and behold, he actually struck it rich. 
which not everybody did. And as he was making his way back home to England with his wealth, he was traveling back and, and he made his way through New Orleans. And, and as he, he came into town, uh, there was this large crowd gathered in a, in a public square area and, and he wondered what it was. And it, he realized there was an auction going on and he wondered what, what was the auction all about. And there it was, it was an auction uh, for slaves. Now, slavery had been abolished in, in England for many years, and so it was very, very much a culture shock to see what was happening as uh, this, this African-American man was, was standing there and was being led away in chains to the highest bidder. And then they brought this, this little girl up there and, and the shouts and the jeers from the crowd of those who said what they were going to do with her and just terrible things. This man, as he heard this auction continue and the, and the bids were going, and he looks down at his bag, realizing his great wealth. With that, he raised his hand. And he shouted out a bid that was extremely, much, much higher than anyone else who had spoken before that. And, and the auctioneer kind of shook his head, and everyone else was like, who would pay that much for, for this girl? Like, come on, are you kidding me? And he says, I'm good for it. And with that, he walked forward, and he showed them his money, and paid the, the cashier and walked away with this girl who's spitting and screaming and yelling and saying, I hate you. I don't want anything to do with you. He walked down the street and he, and he didn't say a word, but she just kept kicking him in the shins and, and, and trying to get away. He's like, I don't want to go with you. I don't want this. I want to be free. I hate you. And he, she spit on him again. And he said, wait here. And, and they, they stopped outside of this the store downtown somewhere in the, in the city. And, and, and she, she, she watched as this man went inside the store. And she could see through the glass that he was, had his bag and he was actually taking up more money. And he got in this argument with someone behind the, the counter. And, and she watches this exchange of some sort happen. And a piece of paper was handed over. And with that, he walked back outside. And he said, I, I just wanted to give this to you. And, and she took it and she just whipped it aside. She says, don't give me that. I can't read. I hate you. I don't want to go with you. I don't want what you're giving me. And he said, you don't understand. You're free. I purchased your freedom today. You are free to go. You're no longer a slave. And as that reality started to sink in for this young girl, and as her eyes were filled with tears, and as she fell to her knees and began to just hug, <laughs> hug the feet of this, this stranger who had just purchased her freedom. And then she just whispered these words, if I'm truly free, then all I want to do is serve you, the one who purchased my freedom. What a gift. You know, and it maybe helps us understand when the God, our Savior Jesus, who's willing to go the way of death and pay the ultimate price, not gold or silver, as the scripture says, but his own precious blood, the one who goes the way of that cross willingly, purposely, tactfully for you in order to purchase your freedom once and for all. Lest we go the way of slavery, lest we go the way of bondage, lest we go the way being in a jail cell, walking around just wondering, how do I live like this anymore? And our God says, you are free. See, it changes our perspective in a way that we say, well, in that case, all I want to do is serve the one who has purchased my freedom.
Some months ago, I had this amazing opportunity. Um, our, our congregation back in Rochester has recently developed a, a mission partnership with a, a church in South Africa, a St. Peter Confessional Lutheran Church and School there, and uh, just an incredible, incredible ministry. Some of you may be familiar with Pastor Mandela Kumalo. Uh, I know he's been up here before and a good friend of President Meyer in our district, and uh, had a chance to go and and see the ministry there, spend time with God's people there, to hear the stories and to hear the remnants that still resound and resonate of what it was like under apartheid. As, as a government moves in and relocates people just based on the color of their skin to live in certain areas in total segregation, a lot of it still exists today. In these townships of, of shanty towns uh, marked with some governmental housing that's been built in, in the wake of uh, of recent years, but still that, that sense of what it must have been like in those days of oppression and hatred. To be there and to see God's people and the joy that they have in Christ, their love for the gospel, their love for Jesus. And to hear Pastor Kumala tell his story of when he was younger and living in the days of apartheid and, and as a freedom fighter and fighting with violence and and burning down governmental buildings and resistance, and then to have an encounter with Jesus one day, where he heard a message in a church he'd walked into, and, and God grabbed a hold of his heart, and it, it's this bondage of slavery, and, and this bondage of, of a prison of anger and hatred was lifted off of Pastor Kumala before he was Pastor Kumala, when he was still just Mandla, was lifted off of his heart, lifted off of his soul, in such a way that he actually went down to the police station and he turned himself in. And they all said, why are you doing this? He said, because I have Jesus now. I have no reason to have anger and bitterness and hatred. The way of my life is now love, peace, and forgiveness and reconciliation. There's some time after that as he was preaching on the streets that someone suggested, maybe you should go to seminary. What seminary, he asked. And with that, a congregation in, here in the U.S. sponsored him to go and become a pastor, where he then went back to South Africa and planted what has become the largest church, a Christian Lutheran church in, in South Africa. How God can get a hold of a, a heart, release that heart from, from slavery, and set it free for the gospel. How would God do that in your life today? A God who has come to set you free in his love, in his grace, in his mercy. As Paul says it, why would we live in slavery anymore? You are free. You are set free in Jesus. So pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you come for the sake of freedom to set us free and not just the sense of a political understanding as so often our minds run to but something so much more important than that is freedom that is spiritual and eternal based in your kingdom and a new reality based in what you have done, purchasing and winning us back from sin and death and slavery to be set free to live our lives for you for eternity as well. Lord, may we not turn back to that way of slavery, but rather may our minds and our hearts be transformed by your spirit and the fruit of that spirit in love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness, and the list goes on of that fruit that is all part of being free in Christ. Thank you for that gift in Jesus' name. Amen.
We stand to sing verse 5 of hymn 856.